Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Would it be okay if I started by asking the question, is the Holy Spirit welcome in your life? Are you aware of his presence in your life? Do you recognize the need for him to lead you and to guide you? Because I'm coming to the conclusion in this time in the history of mankind, the most important person in our lives is Holy Spirit. Jesus believed that. He took a lot of time on the night before he went to the cross to introduce Holy Spirit to the disciples. And through the word, even these 2,000 years later, he introduces us to Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Verse 16, here comes this promise of this blessed Holy Spirit. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he, may be, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, if you think about this promise, this promise was made the night before Jesus goes to the cross. And in, and in, in a very real sense, in a short period of time, he's going to, physically going to leave them. But that promise would be fulfilled and that his spirit would come to dwell on the inside of every believer and every person that declared their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to this day, every person who declares their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside. Jesus was trying to break the news to them very gently that he's going to be leaving them, but that the Father would be sending them another one just like him, the helper, the spirit of truth. It's kind of like a little, I I could picture Jesus, because I I could just picture the way he is and the way he related to his disciples, because he says to them, uh, you, you know, the world doesn't see him, talking about the spirit of truth, but you see him, because he dwells with you and will be with you. And I can picture Jesus going, you see him, because he's dwelling with you. And it's, in other words, it's me, but it's my spirit that's going to come and live inside you. You know me. He was saying to them, you know me. I'm dwelling with you. But the time's going to come when you're not going to see my physical presence, but you will sense my presence in you. That is comforting. That is encouraging. And by that way, he fulfilled that promise that God the Father made in the Old Testament, and then God the Son repeats in the New Testament, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why? Because his presence is with us. Some people might ask the question, I thought the Holy Spirit was a force. I I thought he was a wind. I thought he was a dove. Now, the fact is, he is a person. He is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, all three in one and the same. And we get our answers from the Word of God of how we can understand how does this phenomenon take place. See, in Genesis chapter 1, 
verse 1. In the very first verse of the Bible, we see the Trinity. In the beginning, God, Elohim, the Hebrew word, Elohim is a plural word. In the beginning, God, Elohim, the Trinity, created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a, is a plural Hebrew word. Okay, it's not talking about multiple personalities. It's talking about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, we know, is the third person of the Trinity, the triune God, three facets of God in one individual. And let me tell you something, church, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we need him now more than ever. And let me explain to you why. Let me explain to you why. Because this is how I've been teaching about the Holy Spirit for decades. But there's something about the season that we find ourselves in right now that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to finally understand and discover the, the reality, the revelation that his spirit is in us and he wants to work through us and he wants to reveal Jesus and reveal the Father more and more now than ever. Now, let me explain to you why the Holy Spirit is so important to the believer. We need him now more than ever because listen, listen, he is like Joshua in the Old Testament. I want you to pay real close attention to me. He leads us into our promised land. Moses said something very interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. He said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. He's talking to the Israelites from your brothers. It is to him that you shall listen. In verse 18 in that same chapter, now God speaks and God says, <clears throat> I will raise up for them, the Israelites, a prophet like you, talking to Moses, from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I commend him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require of him. What is, what is God saying? God's telling Moses, in the future, I'm going to raise up from amongst the Israelites, from their descendants, I'm going to raise up one just like them, but I'm going to put my words in his mouth. And whoever doesn't listen to the words that he speaks, they'll have to contend with me, God says. Are you, are you getting this? Now watch this now. I want you to understand why we need to have a very intimate, very practical relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'll throw this out at you right now. Because when you, when a Christian is born again, yes, we're going to go to heaven. Yes, we have a relationship with God. However, when you do not have an active relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will not successfully enter into your promised land. Just like Joshua. Okay, let me, let me just let me unpack this for you, okay? Moses is the deliverer of Israel. He represents Jesus, the deliverer of mankind. Moses came to deliver the Israelites out of slavery. Jesus comes to the earth to deliver us out of the slavery of sin. You seeing this? Now, Moses died and was buried, and the responsibility to bring the people of Israel into the promised land was handed over to who? Joshua. Joshua. He brings the people into the fullness of the promised land. Jesus dies on the cross, raises from the dead, ascends into heaven. But before he did, he introduced the disciples to who? Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit, His presence in our lives. 
His activity in our lives brings us into the fullness of the new life that you and I have in Christ. Are you seeing this? The Holy Spirit is to Jesus as Joshua was to Moses. We're delivered from the kingdom of darkness through the new birth, just as Israel was delivered from the slavery of Egypt. However, once delivered from Egypt, they needed someone to bring them into the promised land, just as we, once delivered, need the Holy Spirit to lead us into the reality of what it is like to have a new life in Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that reveals the scriptures to us. It is the Holy Spirit within us that gives us the power and the ability to live this life out as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? Now, Israel had the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day to lead them. When it was nighttime, they saw this amazing column of flame that was in their midst. The presence of God, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit leading them in the way that they should go, lighting up the darkness before them, bringing warmth, bringing comfort. In the daytime, his presence was still there in the form of this cloud. And that cloud many times would move between them and their enemies protecting them. But now, we're not led by outward signs. You and I don't need a pillar of flame or a pillar of cloud to lead us because we have the Holy Spirit within us. Are you listening? In fact, in fact, people get in a lot of trouble when they start looking for signs to follow. Well, if this happens or that happens, then I'll know it's God. Well, if, you know, if, if, I, if I go to such and such a street and I see a red Cadillac on the corner and it's a red light, then I'll know that it's God. No, you get in big trouble because the devil could put a red Cadillac on that corner too. Don't look for signs. Listen for the voice. Say that to somebody. Listen for the voice. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 states this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit connects with our spirit on the inside. Our spirit recognizes the voice of the Holy Spirit. Kenneth Copeland wrote this in one of his books. That means, talking about Romans 8, 16, that God's direction, listen, 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 come from the inside, not from the outside. God's, you need an answer from God? You need direction from God? Don't be looking outside. Don't go asking 16 other people. Just go in prayer and listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and see how he leads you. Amen? Amen. We're not to be looking for outward signs. He, this is what he went on to say. After you're born again, your spirit is a safe guide because you are born of God's spirit. You have his nature. And the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit to teach you and to give you Direction. Isn't that exactly how Jesus introduced him as the teacher? Yes. The spirit of truth. Amen. Hey, this, this, is what, this is what he's saying. The Holy Spirit who dwells in the believer will lead me from within my spirit. So I don't need to be looking for outward. I don't need to have some signs magically lead me. In fact, you and I probably know many people have gotten shipwrecked because they were looking for, out, for outward signs. This is one of the greatest reasons why the Holy Spirit must be welcome in our lives. Not tolerated, not just acknowledged, not, not, not put in a, in a back room someplace and just, you know, I'll call you when I need you. You and I 
as believers and followers of Jesus Christ must have on a daily basis a, a, a very alive, very practical, very intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. He has got to be our best friend. Amen. He's assigned to us the Spirit of God. Imagine this. The Spirit of the Creator of the universe lives inside you. And wants to be actively involved in your life. In fact, involved is probably the wrong word. He wants to be leading the way. He wants to be bringing you into your personal little promised land that God has designed specifically for you. But imagine if the people refused to follow Joshua. Imagine what a mess that would have been. Imagine if Joshua was going to the left and they decide, well, I'm going to go to the right. They would have never gotten to the promised land. You and I need to not just acknowledge, not just be mindful, not just have knowledge of the Holy Spirit in, in, just because we read the scriptures, okay? But we have to have a practical, very intimate relationship with him. What do you mean, Pastor? Communicate with him. See, the Holy Spirit is like the gentlemanly member of the Trinity. He's a gentleman. He's not, a gentleman doesn't force himself on anybody. A gentleman doesn't try to control anybody. A gentleman doesn't try to, to force themselves and, and their will on somebody else. A gentleman waits to be responded to. He'll draw you, but if you refuse to follow, now he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. But, 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 you know, he's liable to take a back seat. He's still there, but he's quiet. Why? When you decide to let him lead, that's when he begins to be active. But he needs to be cooperated with. We've seen that in our services many times. You've seen it many times. Well, the Holy Spirit is requiring us to cooperate together. He might, he might move on a person's heart within the audience, within the congregation, and he might tell you to pray about a certain thing, and then five minutes later, you see that thing start to happen in the service. You see what I'm saying? He needs to be cooperated with. And so that's why we need to have him very active in our lives, especially now. Especially now. I don't know if you realize this, and maybe you're getting tired of hearing me say this over and over again, but we are living in times where I, we have never seen deception to this level ever in the history of mankind. Deception, spirit of deception, like a wave, causing people to walk around like zombies, causing people to not be able to think clearly, walking around in a confused state, constant deception. And what did Jesus describe Holy Spirit as? The spirit of what? Truth. What counters deception? Truth. But if you're not tapping into the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you may just fall for deception. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, those of you that are online, give us your amens in the comment on the side of the screen there. We want to know that you're listening. So, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will be very active in our lives if we let him. He'll be as active as you allow him to be. He'll be as active as I allow him to be. The Holy Spirit will do whatever is needed to get us into the plan of God 
and then works in us to fulfill the plan of God. I want to say that again. And again, I want you to think about Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua did whatever he had to do, whatever he needed to do, went to whatever length he needed to do because he knew that the mandate that was placed in his life was you're going to distribute their inheritance to them. Moses is God. You, Joshua, are going to lead the people across the Jordan into the promised land. You're the one that's going to divide to them their inheritance. Well, guess what? You and I came through the Red Sea. You and I were born again. We were baptized into Christ. Now you have a promised land. You have a plan. God has a design and a plan that is custom crafted just for you. You have, in a very real sense, every born again child of God has, in a very real sense, their own personal promised land to go into and to possess. But you need a leader. You need a Joshua. And Jesus gave us a Joshua. Holy Spirit. And we need to have that attitude, just like we say. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And in a very real sense, we need to, on a daily basis, we should start our days off like this. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Amen. You are welcome to lead me. You are welcome to guide me. I'm looking for you to protect me. I'm looking for you to give me the wisdom that I need. I'm looking to you to show me things that are going to come in the future so that I know how to react and how to respond when it comes. And he'll do that. He'll do it. Why? Because Jesus promised he would. Are you listening? Yes. So what are some of the things that the Holy Spirit will do? He teaches. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So now now I got a promise from God. If I need to learn something, if I feel like I'm ignorant in a particular area, if I feel like I'm not equipped to, to, um, to do a specific job, I have a promise from Jesus that I can go to the Holy Spirit and I can say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Open my eyes. Let me see things that I'm not, that I'm, I'm not seeing the natural here. Teach me. There are things that we need to learn in the Word that we haven't understood yet. There are things, listen, listen, let's talk really practically here. There are things that you and I need to learn about ourselves. I guess I'm the only one. Maybe there's somebody out there watching online that they know what I'm talking about. You and I, we can, listen, in every season of life, we need to learn things. Okay, you, whatever age you're at right now, you've never been there before. Amen? Amen. You've never been there before. So you're entering into different seasons of life. Who's going to teach you? The Holy Spirit, if you'll allow him to. Uh, One of my prayers recently in these past couple of years has been, uh, Holy Spirit, you you need to teach me how to age gracefully because I I don't think I'm going to do a good job. (laughs) He teaches us. One of the other things he'll do is he guides us. John 16, 13. Excuse me, verse 12. I st- Jesus said to the disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, here it comes again, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever the Holy Spirit hears in heaven, he speaks to us. And he will tell you things to come. And he will tell you things to come. 
and he will tell you things to come. There is no need for any of us as believers, as Christians, to ever be caught by surprise by anything. When we have an active prayer life, when we have an active relationship, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, he'll warn you about things. He'll show you things that are going to come in the future. He'll warn you ahead of time and to be prepared for specific things that might be coming against your life, maybe against your family, maybe against your finances. He'll tell you, you'll have a knowing on the inside of what's coming. But if we don't listen, for he will not speak of his own authority, Jesus said, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said, for he will take what is of mine and declare it to you. You know, as, as, as the lead pastor of this church, I need to hear from heaven, what are Jesus' plans? So my, my communication, my lines of communication involve Holy Spirit. Why? He knows what's being planned there. He knows what the expectations are in heaven. And he relates that to whoever will listen. He'll do the same thing for you as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife. He'll do the same thing for you as it pertains to your career, your job, your vocation. If we let him. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8 is an amazing chapter out of the book of Romans. We should read that constantly, constantly, constantly. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What are you talking about? He'll guide us. He'll lead us. That word there in Greek means the mature sons of God. When it says to be those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, it means the mature sons of God. What does it mean to be a mature son of God? Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us is a mark of maturity. Why? Because it requires humility. We always want to do everything on our own. We always want, I got this, I got this, I got this. No, you messed up your life by you got this. So mark of maturity is humility. That I'm willing to be subservient. I'm willing to submit myself to the Holy Spirit who I can't see, but I know he's here. It takes humility. And humility is a definite mark of maturity. So he goes on to say that the, 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 the true sons of God, the ones that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature sons of God. Allowing the Holy Spirit, giving, giving, giving the Holy Spirit the credit. Pride wants us to do everything on our own. Our, our prideful attitudes. We want to do everything on our own so that we can take the credit. There's no maturity in that. In fact, it's very babyish. And this life is full of choices. And you and I need the reassurance that he is always there to help us to make the right choices. But how many of you have, how many have had situations where you try out of, a, out of a good heart, out of love, you try to give someone advice and give someone wisdom, give them the, the, the benefit of your life experience, and they don't want to hear it? What do you do? Do you stand there and keep saying, hey, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen? You know what I do? Can, can I use an old Italian? You don't want to listen? Call me when you fall flat on your face. And the Holy Spirit will go. He may not do that, but he'll go. No problem. Tell me how this works out for you. Amen. But if we'll humble ourselves, and truthfully humble ourselves, 
And, and humbling is not, is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's beneficial for us. And honestly, to, to submit ourselves, submission means to rank yourself under. It's not degrading. It's actually a very helpful tool. When we submit ourselves, when I rank myself under the Holy Spirit, I'm literally lining myself up with the plan of God. Are you listening? Yes. I'm lining myself up. He's not degrading me. In fact, he's going to work with me even more now. I'm going to hear him even clearly now. Why? Because God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to the humble. Well, one of the other titles of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. So when I rank myself under, when you rank yourself under, when you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, come on, you take the, you take the lead here. I got myself in a lot of trouble over the years without listening to you. Go, please, go right ahead. Then all of a sudden we start hearing. We start making right, better decisions. We start operating in a lot of discernment. The enemy is not able to get over on us like he was before. Why? Holy Spirit's leading you into your promised land. Amen. Holy Spirit is taking the lead and the charge and telling you, this is the plan of God for your life. This is what you're to inherit. This is what you're supposed to be busy with right now in life. Man, and there's no, there's no, there's no greater contentment in life than to be hooked up with the Holy Spirit knowing that what you're doing is the exact plan that God has for your life. Amen? Amen? If we let him, he'll help us with the choices and the decisions we need to make. If we'll let him, he'll guide us in our relationships. Let me ask you this question, if you could be really honest, those of you that are here and those of you that are online. Uh, would you agree that most of the aggravation that you have in your life is the result of bad relationships? I can see people at, at home going, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're right over there. You know the Holy Spirit will lead you in your relationships? The Holy Spirit will, will, will give you that okay and the inside, yeah, this, this person's okay to let in your life. That person, no, not now. And maybe not never. How much, how much grief would we, would we save ourselves? How much aggravation? How many sleepless nights would we save ourselves if we would allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our relationships and to the degree of relationships? How many have had situations where you've let somebody into your life way too fast? way too fast. And you knew on the inside, you knew on the inside, the Holy Spirit's going, ah, 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 ah. Calm it down there, bro. He'll teach us how to love. The love of God's been shed abroad your heart by the Holy Ghost. Remember, God is love. He's God. He'll teach us how to love. He'll teach us how to relate to people. He'll teach us how to nurture our loved ones. He'll teach us how to love one another, especially those of us that are hard to love. He intercedes. He prays with us and through us. And in this life, we have so much need for prayer in so many areas. Our personal lives, our spouses, our families, our church, our jobs, and on a grander scale, our nation. Our nation is in need of prayer. Our nation is in need of every believer, every Christian to be spending as much time as possible every single day. And you know what the trick of the enemy is when it comes to prayer? Yes. 
He tells you, you know, the Holy Spirit will start moving on you. You'll start feeling drawn. Okay, now shut the TV off. You need to go pray. Uh, get alone. Get aside. When you're driving in the car, the Holy Spirit might tell you to shut off whatever you're listening to. And so, and, and, and what happens? What happens? You on the inside go, well, I'm sure Pastor Joe's praying. I'm sure Pastor Matt's praying. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's praying. You know what? I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm sure so-and-so's praying. And you know what ends up happening? Nobody's praying. Nobody's praying. And let me tell you something right now. Please, please, I implore you. Those of you that are here right now, those of you that are listening online, please pray for this nation. Please shake yourself out of the slumber. Please shake yourself out of the delusion. Please shake yourself out of all the fogginess and pray. Pray. Pray for God's will to be done. Pray for our leadership. Pray. Pray for the leadership of even in local communities and cities across our nation. Our nation has never seen this type of of, of activity that's going on in over a hundred and probably 150 years now since the Civil War. We have not seen this type of, of, of violence and hatred. Lack of decency, lack of conscience. We know that the spirit of the enemy has been released on this land. And we could stand here for hours and debate the causes and the reasons and all this other stuff and still be in the same situation after we're done. But when we pray, when we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us, then we see action. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, one of the most important verses of Scripture for the church right now. Please pay close attention to this. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also, I'm reading to you from the King James Version, so, so just be tolerant of the old English language here. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, uh, continual basis, our infirmities. That word infirmities is not talking about sicknesses. It's talking about weaknesses, areas where we're weak, weak and not knowing how to pray. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself, really should say himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When the Spirit of God comes upon us, rises up from within us, and, and arms us and prepares us and equips us for prayer, many times we can't even find the words. We're experiencing the emotion of the pain of maybe what someone's going through. We're experiencing the emotion and the passion of wanting to see the kingdom of God established in the hearts of people. Maybe we're experiencing the emotions of the grief and the disappointment of seeing our nation torn apart. And the Holy Spirit will rise up within us and guide us how to pray. I want to read you an excerpt from a book by Bible teacher Rick Renner. One of the, in my opinion, the best Bible scholar on the earth right now. Amen. He has an amazing, clear way of explaining this passage of Scripture. I want to read it again, then we're going to go into this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
Here's the excerpt from Rick Renner's book on the Holy Spirit. That word helpeth is extremely important because it conveys the idea of real partnership. Talking about working together with the Holy Spirit and cooperation and paints a picture of two individuals working together to get the jobs done. That's you and I with the Holy Spirit. Me with the Holy Spirit, you with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word translated helpeth is actually a compound of three Greek words. Please stick with me. The first word is sum, S-U-N, meaning to do something in conjunction with somebody else. The second word is anti, or anti, which means against. The third word is lambeno, which means to take or to receive. When these three words are joined together, a new word comes into being, sunanti lambeno, which means to take hold of something with someone else, gripping it together as tightly as possible, and throwing your combined weight against it to move it out of the way. That's what the Holy Spirit does when we allow Him to pray through us and in us. In the midst of our weaknesses, when we're, when we're inadequate to get the job done, the Holy Spirit says, let me grab hold of that hindrance with you, and you and I will push against it together until it is moved completely out of your way. In this way, prayer becomes a twofold partnership, and you and Holy Spirit work together. When that reality becomes a revelation in your heart, when you realize that your prayers are not something you're responsible for alone, it will forever change your prayer life. I cannot tell you how in the past, I can't, I can't even describe accurately to you, in the past eight to nine months of receiving this revelation from this scripture here, and I believe it's because of the season that we're in, I find myself praying different. I don't find myself praying on my own. I find myself entering into prayer saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you now to soon Auntie Lambeno to come and take hold together with me against this adversity, against this sickness in so-and-so's life, against this confusion that might be on somebody, against this attack against this person or that person or in our, over our nation. And you want to know something you literally can feel. You can feel it. You can feel it. I remember just recently we were having services outside, back behind the building, and I was teaching on this. This is back in June. I literally, as I'm teaching this, I literally could feel like somebody came behind me and threw this big blanket over me. And I could feel my words coming out of my mouth like they were going into the atmosphere like lightning. It was an amazing experience. Now, I can't say to you that it happens every single time. But we don't need signs. We have a knowing on the inside. And his name is Holy Spirit. And he'll teach us all things. Just, just a description of what the Holy Spirit is willing to do for us. And on our behalf, I believe should cause us and should motivate us and should incentivize us to make sure that we are communicating with Holy Spirit, to make sure that we are including Him, that we're not trying to live life on our own, that we want to successfully enter into that promised land that Jesus died for us to enter into. Is He that welcome in your life? Have you welcomed Him? Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody might be saying, how do I do that? 
Well, everything we receive from God has got to come by faith. And it's got to be an activity of his grace. We have to believe. Because the scriptures tell us he's with us. Jesus promised us he'd be with us. We have to act on those promises. So I'm going to go about my business, and I don't need to know. I don't need to see him with me. I don't need to feel his feel the goosebumps. I don't need to get the warm and fuzzies all the time. I like to get them once in a while. But I, by faith, just take the stance of, I believe you're with me. I believe because you said you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You said in the inspired scriptures in Romans chapter 8, 26, that you're going to help me in my weaknesses. When I'm ignorant about how I should pray, you, Holy Spirit, are going to take hold together with me against. What's going to stand against that? Nothing. Nothing. We acknowledge his presence. We address him with respect. Don't ever refer to Holy Spirit as an it. He's a person. He has emotions. He can be grieved. He can be dishonored. We need to respect him. And that needs to happen on an everyday basis. We ask him to pray through us. We listen for his voice. We obey his promptings. When we do these things, we grow in intimacy and accuracy in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I pray that he becomes more and more welcome in your life, that you you make him feel welcome. Invite him to participate in your everyday life. Invite him. So if people are going to think I'm crazy, I talk to myself. They already think you're crazy. What difference does it make? I'd rather be crazy and accurate. You hear what I'm saying? He's real. He's real. How did you, how did you, how did you get born again? You, by faith, declared with your mouth what you believed in your heart as it pertained to the Lord Jesus. Well, we received the Holy Spirit the same exact way, by faith. We believe that he dwells in us because Jesus said he would. So invite him. Get him involved in your life. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to guide you. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to prepare you for the things that are in your future. He will. He will. To the extent that you involve him in your life will be the extent that he will be free to move in your life. Amen. Amen. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I just, just, just remain where you are. I want to pray for you. A prayer that God's going to do whatever he needs to do in your life as you allow him to make you hungry for his presence. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for everyone present and I pray for those that are watching online, God. I pray, Father, that you will do whatever you need to do in our lives. We turn ourselves over to you for your dealings within our life, that you would bring us to a place where we are hungry and we are thirsty and we are desperate for your presence and for the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit, rise up within us mightily. Holy Spirit, honor our faith when we speak to you, when we invite you. 
when we involve you, when we lean on you. Pour out your grace upon every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.